Good morning from Germany. We have uh, Dr. Michele Solomena. We're um, welcoming everyone to Ask the Expert. It's a brief, informative, and lively discussion with experts in type 1 diabetes and related interdisciplinary research. We're recording this event and we're going to post it on the Sugar Science site, uh, our YouTube channel, shortly after the presentation. If you have questions for our guests, please feel free to enter them in the chat or raise your hand at the end of the presentation. And again, today we have as our guest, Dr. Michele Solomena, MD, PhD, coming to us uh, from TU Dresden, where he is the professor of molecular diabetology. He's also the director of the Paul uh, Langerhans Institute at the Dresden uh, Helmholtz Center Munich at the uh, University Hospital and Faculty of Medicine uh, of TU Dresden the, in Germany, the German Center of uh, Diabetes Research. Uh, and he has a very long uh, list of credentials. Uh, he has been really involved in some seminal work discovering um, you know, the sort of the mechanics of stiff man syndrome when uh, he was in the lab of Pietro Di Camilli at Yale and um, has a very um, a deep understanding of the beta cell as well as uh, GAD65. So welcome, uh, Michele, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Monica, uh, for this uh, uh, great opportunity. Uh, I really look forward to, uh, um, you know, interact uh, uh, with uh, with people. So uh, let me just stay from uh, from the outset that I am a, a cell biologist. Uh, um, I graduated in medicine, uh, as uh, Monica said early on in my life. We have been working on uh, stiff man syndrome, uh, which led us to the identification of the autoantibodies in this uh, uh, rare disease, and then uh, um, went on to make a connection with type one diabetes. Um, and uh, uh, as you know now, this is indeed a, a well, um, you know, known marker for the disease. Um, when I move out of uh, uh, Pietro's lab, remaining still at Yale, I decided to move from uh, uh, neuroscience indeed to the field of uh, uh, the pancreatic beta cells and diabetes. And uh, that's what I've been doing since then. Uh, in 2001, I moved from uh, 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 the States uh, to this city uh, located here in the, uh, I, I think you may see it. Do you see my screen? Yes, it's beautiful. Uh, uh, yes, this is the east part of Germany. So the former, uh, you know, uh, communist side. Uh, it's a really a beautiful city. It's called uh, uh, the Florence on the Elbe. You can see really the, is on the banks of this uh, river. And it's famous for his Baroque architecture and also especially music. Here you see the Opera House where there've been many premiere of work by uh, Richard Strauss and uh, uh, um, Richard Wagner. So um, you are most uh, welcome really uh, to visit it. So yeah, this is a great introduction. Um, Monica, do you want me to move on to the science. Yes, I think it would be great um, if we could, you know, give us, you gave us a little thumbnail sketch of your, your very sort of long and industrious career path. But let's talk about like what you're, you know, the research you're working on right now and um, this really fascinating paper you've got going. Well, yeah, well, uh, um, uh, first of all, as I said, here I put the, in this slide the uh, uh, the Vitruvian man of Leonardo da Vinci, because it's really uh, uh, the man in these days at the center 
uh, of our uh, uh, interest. But before I go there, let me tell you a few things about the beta cell. So the, the beta cell is truly an amazing manufacturing plant for insulin. It can synthesize up to uh, uh, 3,000 more molecules of uh, insulin per second. Just to give you an idea, I mean, uh, this is a really a, an astonishing uh, productivity. And uh, um, we still do not know uh, how uh, this uh, can be managed, but what we have been able to do uh, very recently is for the first time to solve uh, in uh, uh, 3D uh, by photon ion beam uh, uh, scanning electron microscopy, uh, the, uh, the entire, let's say, uh, structure of the beta cell. And uh, you, in this video, actually, we move through the entire beta cell. This is an assembly of 5,000 section each, uh, you know, five, four nanometer thing that we obtained to, together with a colleague at uh, uh, Genilia Farm, uh, um, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in Virginia. And uh, this actually is the first time uh, that such a resolution of a beta cell entirely has been uh, uh, obtained. So we can really gain quantitative information about the different compartment uh, uh, of the uh, of the of the cell, and uh, of course this can be processed digitally. And here you see uh, actually an entire construction of this beta cell on the right side. On here in um, uh, orange, the secretory granule. Then you peel it off. You see the mitochondria. Uh, then you see the Golgi complex. You remove the Golgi complex. You see the three D network of the microtubule. This is actually the first time that ever the entire network microtubule uh, in a, a eukaryotic cell, apart from an E cell, has been uh, resolved. And I think that this is actually quite interesting uh, uh, also, especially for the people working in the field of stem cell, because you may notice normally the microtubule in the textbook irradiate from the uh, um, centrioles. Yeah. But what we found is actually only a very uh, minor part, the minority of the, uh, um, the microtubule uh, depart from the central in an adult uh, uh, beta cell, which means for people interested in uh, achieving the maturation of stem cells into uh, really fully differentiated beta cell, uh, you and um, you would have to move from uh, cells that proliferate, of course, they have it connected there. Uh, they, uh, you would need to uh, disconnect it. And vice versa, if you want to, uh, um, you know, induce uh, uh, replication of the beta cell, uh, you would have to somehow reconnect the microtubular network to the centriole. And we really don't know uh, anything about how this uh, mechanism may be uh, regulated. Um, but of course, our, 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 our um, but by the way, since the movie you might have seen where Jumpy are really invited to go to see the uh, original uh, paper where uh, you can see very well the movies. And we are mainly interested in the biology of the secretary granule when it comes to fundamental work. And we set up recently a way to purify them to homogeneity. You can see here the immunopurified secretary granule uh, on beads and they can be uh, eluted. The paper again is available in the bioarchives, is about to be submitted, but if you already have a a preview of that, you're uh, welcome to, um, uh, to to look at it. But let me come now really to the main, uh, um, you know, uh, study that I would like to uh, tell you about it. 
And this actually pertains, and what excited about us is, pertains the deterioration uh, of the beta cell uh, along the progression from normal glycemia to type two diabetes. And in order to um, gain insight into this process, we actually rely uh, on uh, uh, pancreatic tissue removed from uh, a patient who undergo pancreatectomy. And the advantage of this approach is that we have all information about these patients. And prior to surgery, we can also perform a glucose tolerance test, of course, upon informed consent, which means that we can really um, uh, rely on all data to assess whether these are patients where uh, um, they are euglycemic, whether people who are uh, uh, having peer glucose tolerance or a patient with uh, uh, type two diabetes uh, with a certainty. And then what we do, we take uh, the explanted tissue, we immediately uh, fix it um, in liquid nitrogen, and then we perform laser capture microdissection for uh, uh, omic studies, not only transcriptomic, but also proteomics. And in the meantime, we can also perform histological studies. And our colleague here in our institute, Stefan Speyer, can perform a functional study in thermal secretion with a, a, a protocol that he has uh, uh, really uh, pioneered and that today is also using by investigator, for example, in the cost of MPOD. Now, what are the key results of this study? I want to give you just a couple of uh, uh, insights of this paper that again, just been published. First of all, what we find is that there is a, a dysregulation that is progressive moving from normal glycemia to type two diabetes. Here you see that for the first time, we actually can identify genes that are differentially expressed in people with impaired glucose tolerance versus subject who are non-diabetic. And you can see that uh, here there are some people who have a, let's say, early onset of uh, uh, diabetes. And these are people with a long history of uh, type two diabetes. You can see that there's a progressive dysregulation of uh, 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 gene expression. But uh, let me point out another, I think, uh, interesting aspect of this paper. So we um, analyzed, again, by laser capture microdissection, not only the transcriptomic profile, uh, but also uh, the proteomic profile, uh, again, on laser capture microdissected adults. And you can see that if you look at the transcriptomic profile of this individual, um, they cannot be segregated uh, based on their gene expression. Basically, there is overlap between uh, uh, the gene expression of adults from non-diabetic subject versus uh, type two diabetic subject. The situation is dramatically different when you look at the proteome of these uh, individuals, proteomic analysis that we carried out together uh, with Matthias Mann in Munich's uh, group. You can see that the proteome of individuals who are non-diabetic is very tightly connected, is extremely similar. On the other hand, the transcriptome or the islets from subject with type two diabetes is very divergent and actually is much more distant between each other than any of the subject with non-diabetic are from each other. And this to us come uh, with, a, uh, with the hypothesis or the suggestion, strong suggestion that the uh, root from uh, of the gene expression profiling of the islet from, um, actually talking about protein in this case, uh, non-diabetic to type two diabetes is a, a, is, a, is a trajectory that is 
heterogeneous in different subjects. And therefore, there is no, let's say, the differentiation in our view that would take a beta cell back to a precursor state or to another transdifferentiated, uh, let's by transdifferentiation, another cell type in the in the Aleph. They, they all look very different and conceivably not resembling any any cell type um, uh, physiologically, uh, you know, present at, at, at any at any at any uh, time. And last thing that I want to show you is actually when uh, uh, we look at uh, epigenetic uh, modification that may correlate also with the upregulation of gene expression that I show you, moving from normal glycemia to type two diabetes. You can actually see that uh, histone acetylation in the uh, uh, islet of a, one of these type two diabetes subjects here in, in purple is very much enhanced uh, uh, compared uh, to the signal for acetylated histone in a non uh, and the islet of a non-diabetic subject. Here in green, you see just the signal for insulin. So uh, this is uh, for us uh, truly exciting to provide us insight into uh, uh, what may happen uh, uh, in the case of the uh, um, you know, uh, diabetic beta cell, new, uh, a new view. And of course, we are very uh, actively continuing uh, this analysis. So lastly, I want to uh, show you uh, my group and uh, also give credit uh, to the people uh, that uh, uh, you know, perform this and other type of study I did not have the chance to uh, present you today. And of course the funding agencies. This, you know, th this is such beautiful work. I'm, I'm just blown away by this uh, visualization. Uh, and so did you mention that you worked, one of your um, uh, colleagues was uh, at, in Virginia at UVA? No, actually, um, we collaborated uh, uh, by sending the sample uh, uh, to uh, the colleagues, uh, uh, to Shansu and uh, um, uh, Arades uh, at the Genilia Farm. So we uh, isolated the islets, established uh, the protocol uh, for fixation uh, and, and staining the sample and the images were acquired with a, uh, a FIPSEM microscope uh, by Arades group um, that has this uh, unique uh, uh, setup. Um, uh, you know, worldwide, they are really uh, absolutely um, the leader. And then uh, the images that they provided to us, we went on to further uh, uh, analyze it also using artificial intelligence to extract the information with where also, uh, you know, quantitative information about the relationship of the different organelles. And as I said about reconstructing uh, the microtubular network. So um, this is how, so Andreas in my group that has been uh, really um, uh, you know, pushing this project, he himself has never been a Genelia farm, but we are in very close, uh, uh, contact with them. It's beautiful work. I also am really impressed with the, you know, the data around the T2, the increase in histone acetylation in T2 versus normal. Have you had an opportunity to look at um, that kind of scenario with type one? Um, no, of course, this is something that we would very much uh, like uh, to do. 
uh, we would actually uh, uh, like to uh, possibility discussing about extending um, uh, our approach uh, for collection of specimen uh, from uh, um, pancreatic, uh, from, from, from surgical sample from people who undergo pancreatectomy to type one. Let me say that until now, uh, we have collected sample from uh, over uh, 400, 450 living donors. We routinely, of course, uh, run the assay for uh, uh, autoantibodies against pancreatic islets together with uh, uh, the group of Ezio uh, Bonifacio and Ziegler. Um, and uh, uh, until now, we only identify one among our pancreatitomized uh, patient with type 1 diabetes. But this is something that I think in the future would be very valuable. Every year, there are tens of thousands of people that unfortunately, mostly for pancreatic cancer, undergo pancreatic surgery. There, there would be an opportunity by screening systematically to identify also people who might have type 1 diabetes or are in the progress maybe uh, to develop it and collect specimen that can be immediately uh, 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 freezed and analyzed the way we did. I think that this would be a, a, a tremendous asset for the uh, community. But of course, it can only be done by merging resources because, as I said, it's like look the, the needle in the high stack. Yeah, I'll have to... Um connect you to our friend um, at Wake Forest, Giuseppe Orlando. He's a pancreatic surgeon that we've had talk to us and, and maybe you guys could have a conversation about starting something like that. I think it's really a great idea, of course. I wondered, um, you know, and, and I wondered if anyone from the audience, we have uh, a few people here would like to ask a question either in chat or live. I guess I would say with the microtubules, involvement here i mean it's mm -hmm. very obvious that right that the that uh they are just integral to the whole structure is there any way to kind of make or to access some sort of mutation maybe in a mouse model or other places where, th where there's mutation in the microtubules and see how that impacts structure um so far we uh i mean Danny tubulin itself would be uh, very difficult, I mean, not to touch, but there are, of course, many microtubule uh, associated protein uh, that uh, uh, could, in principle, be targeted. Our reason to study and, uh, the microtubule, in particular, also some microtubule associated protein, because we are very interested in the trafficking of the secretary granule, and uh, they use the microtubule, of course, as the highway along which they move, and we have also published that. Uh, uh, Microtubule-mediated transport is one uh, of the features that distinguishes the newer, the newer made granule from the older one. The newer mm -hmm. one moves much uh, more often on microtubule, and the older undergo more often secretion relative to the older one. So that's why we are particularly interested in the relationship between the uh, insulin secretary granule and the microtubule. And of course, in the, in the, in the future would be very interesting to uh, see how, um, you know, affecting uh, some of the machinery uh, for this uh, uh, process uh, would impact indeed on, 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 on insulin secretion. Yeah, it seems that that's a really uh, fertile ground for inquiry, I would say. Um, it's, it's, 
it really just, you know, is there the beta cells have that have the, you know, junctional, sorry, junctional um, connection to each other, uh, the beta, the alpha cells, where does that come in? Um, have you been able to, you know, image two together or, you know, a group in the cluster in the islet? Yeah, actually, this is something that we are now intended to uh, explore further. I mean, this analysis that we did now uh, was uh, mainly focused on the on the single cells, you know, in terms of quantification again of the granules in the primary uh, cell in situ, uh, or I mean, not in situ, they were, but um, uh, not not single dissociated. I mean, then in the um, we, we have images of uh, cell in contact uh, with each other that we uh, are now um, looking, but we do not have, let's say, two full cells um, uh, in, the, in the same image. On the, the other end, we have some very quite intriguing observation, for example, about the cilia and the cytoskeleton of the cilia. Uh, and, um, you know, this is something that would be uh, very uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, to look at. And, and Andreas is actually uh, doing uh, um, some, of this, some of this work. I mean, looking at the, um, you know, cell site contact and cilia, um, but we would need to require to acquire even more images from that. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. I mean, because we know, right, that just sort of speaking from my own background, that the beta cell is polarized in some sense, right? It has a apical and lateral side. So it'd be interesting to see how the how these microtubules orient themselves in that, you know, um, paradigm. Mm. If it changes. Yeah, well, well, one interesting thing, I mean, typically also when we think at the microtubular network, we think at the, the radial uh, let's say uh, arrangement, you, you know, departing from the uh, uh, the central, the perinuclear regions. Uh, here in the images that that, that we have, it's clear that most of or a large part of the microtubules are located near the plasma membrane. They actually uh, run parallel uh, to it, and the the point is that conceivably this is to allow uh, secretory granule to move laterally. Once they reach the cell, the, the cortex, they can move along the plasma membrane. And whenever, um, you know, they, they encounter a site that is competent uh, for uh, exocytosis, that's when they may undergo secretion. Of course, as you said, in a polarized fashion, as, uh, you know, uh, the machinery is mainly located at the basal pole where uh, vessels, uh, where the material cells uh, are, are, are located. But let's say there's, there's this arrangement um, that is beneath the plasma membrane that is uh, quite peculiar if one compare it to the way typically they instead the microtubules are drawn uh, in the textbook, which is instead yeah. the result of the image in cells that are proliferating, right? Where the microtubules are connected with the central. And, uh, and of course they are there because then eventually have, in the cell division you have to so it's a, uh, we have to think it in another way. Yeah, it's different than, definitely different than the neuron, right? So that's curious. And then you ask, I mean, I, it, I think it'd be so interesting if 
you guys can uh, dig deeper into the pathology when once the beta cells encounter pathology, you know, what happens to that network? It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, uh, we do not have, uh, you know, evidence that that may be also in itself uh, altered. It would not be uh, feasible, probably, I mean, uh, at least to some extent, to do this type of in-depth analysis that we have done here with the uh, uh, isolated islet in this uh, material, uh, surgical specimen in terms of imaging. But of course, we are gaining a lot of information in terms of uh, uh, gene expression and pathway, and especially um, very interesting at the, at, the, at the proteomic level, uh, which is, um, you know, which, which is quite uh, divergent from the image that we have, we have had also in terms of alteration of gene expression from the transcriptomic analysis. The, the proteomic analysis can really distinguish non-diabetic and type two, completely segregated. Whereas uh, this, we don't have it at the gene expression. I think that this is gonna be really the next uh, frontier. Of course, we have done five, we will have to do uh, um, ideally uh, uh, many more and, and deep into this, uh, uh, into this data. Yeah, no, it's really, it's an altered state. It's not just, um, it's not just a little uh, tweak for type two, uh, as, as some say, you know, like, oh, you can go back. looks like there's maybe no going back, right? Once you have all the proteome in place. Well, I mean, uh, possibly, but on the other hand, I do, you know, we have evidence of reversibility. So the program on one end is scramble, but on the other end, there must be a way uh, to come back. Sometimes I think about like a big bang when, where things you know, move yeah. very far apart from each other. But we have to, I think, you know, diet or bariatric surgery tell us there must be a way to bring things conceivably back. And uh, uh, to, to, to the point that you saw are the non-diabetic uh, islet at the proteomic level, which are very in sync with one another. Yeah, well, maybe so, getting rid of some of that uh, increased acetylation and then things calm down. That's right. I mean, I, I think it's a very disharmonic relaxation of gene expression in different individuals due to all the, the, the genetic background, what happened uh, occurs. And at that point, uh, uh, you know, these uh, nuts, I mean, things that they, 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 they diverge in, in different ways, in different subject different other, but eventually I think that maybe there is a way to bring uh, uh, things things back in the training of the of the you know of the organ. Somehow the way also stem cells, we don't know how, once they are transplanted and entrained, they acquire maturity by again entraining conceivably due to metabolism uh, in, in the body in a way we cannot yet do to the same extent in vivo. In vivo. And, uh, and changing metabolism may do the trick also. They, we know they do the trick in type two diabetes. Uh, we just have to, to learn what, how, I mean, which is not easy of course. No, these are some, these are really some fascinating questions. I mean, do you, are you, are you looking for postdocs? <laughs> I'm um, thinking that people are listening to this and thinking this is fascinating. I want to go work on this. 
Uh, we are looking for the moment for uh, uh, PhD. Yes, also we might have some uh, resources for postdocs. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to frustrate anyone, but if there is someone who is, uh, uh, you know, uh, excited, please apply and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll find a way. Yeah, and at the same time, the you know the collaborative um, nature of this project is pretty evident. So if there are people that are interested in collaboration, right, reach out. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. We are very happy to collaborate with colleagues, of course, in Europe, but also in the in the in the U.S. As I said, there is a, a lot of room for uh, I think for you know uh, for many people, I mean, to uh, help us and possibly we can help them. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, a gene expression profile, for example, from this subject who are non-diabetic, we have validated the fact that they are truly non-diabetic because we have also an OGTT just in our few hours prior to surgery. So we know everything about this subject. And then we collect, we, we do the laser capture micro section on sample that have been uh, frozen uh, immediately after explantation. So we think that this could be a, a very valuable resource for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And they want to know how does the beta cell looks like when it comes to gene expression. Yeah, absolutely. Well, these, um, these are beautiful images and um, some real functional, uh, questions sort of like just unearthed and ready to be, you know, ready to be examined just uh, as a result of these images, I think. Uh, and thank you again for joining us. This was really just a, a pleasure. And, and I can't wait to share this with the rest of our audience. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Sugar Science. I think it's a great initiative. That sounds great. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.